2: Because this isn't just any vacation, this is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas.
1: Hey guys, this is Emil Heskey, and you're listening to the guys of Copping Crackers.
2: late, a generation on and more, for the 19th time in their history, for the first time in the Premier League, in the never-to-be-forgotten year of 2020, the Champions
0: of England again Hello everybody and welcome to this week's episode of Carpen Frackas, powered by Society Media Group. I'm your host, Krish, and joining me this week... Talk about all things the Football Club. I am joined by Peter and Yak. Gents, how are you doing this really weird Tuesday evening as we record? Um, yeah, I mean, we've come off a weekend of one of the best games of football I've ever seen, end-to-end stuff, action all over the place. Shit rivalry though, according to all, uh, other fans, and we're on the heels of a second uh, leg quarterfinal of the Champions League. So yeah, how are you guys doing?
3: Yeah, good. Head's still spinning a bit from the weekend. It's yeah, I'm almost not ready to watch like serious Champions League games, but <laughs> yeah, it just comes past part and parcel, isn't it now?
1: Yeah, man. That that game was like a rollercoaster. Like, after that match, I felt like I been through like the wars, man. Like, you know that <laughs> man, The range of emotions, man. Felt like sad, happy, ecstatic, devastated. Like, bro, yeah, it was just madness. So yeah, man, just in the words of famous David, oh man, recovery,
0: <laughs> <laughs> recovery. Honestly, I was so calm going into the, going into the game. Like, I didn't yeah. feel like we'd lose. As you know, I was kind of thinking draw. Yeah, I'd be a little bit disappointed, but you know, given the circumstances, it's could it it be a good result, and we'll get stuck to that in a bit. But I don't know, man. Like as soon as the game kicked off, those first two minutes, of the nerves kicked in. Got to thirty minutes, and I thought it was like you know, oh okay, cool. You know, Half time's coming up. I was like, hang on a bit. There's another 15 minutes left to play. Jesus, yeah. but um, yeah, man, it's just, just, just crazy what this sport can do to you, man. You have all the confidence in the world going into it, and then um, the fixture kicks off, and you just kind of like hand in heart, kind of you know, hoping that nothing bad happens. And uh, yeah, c- great game, yeah, well, especially makes makes you appreciate it even more that um, I, I didn't actually watch the game, but I was like. I listened to a little bit of it on the radio of uh, Everton versus Manchester Manchester United and woo. It it could always be worse, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah imagine if to
1: Frank Frank Lampard's Everton. Imagine that. <laughs> imagine the but yeah, it was it's a funny one because we was actually we linked up cup yeah because there we linked up um obviously at a bar to watch the game and yeah just seeing everyone's like range of emotions like crazy like you got like Farouk just shouting at Jota anytime Jota got the ball Farouk (laughs) was just going crazy um yeah like Julian that's that's the first time I see Julian just lost for words like Julian was actually just really quiet like so um obviously you have Marco next to me as well um yeah I think when we scored my drink must have spilled yeah just (laughs) just it's just crazy but yeah good to link up with the boys as well man
0: I'm glad you guys had a good time man um I, I do have to say, of of course, you know, Touchline Media Network. We, you know, like to promote a few of uh, a few of our of, of the cross pods. So do tune into to this week's episode of Mugger because why those those boys are damn bad. And I'd like to I'd like to read a quote from the, the main man himself, Marayo. Um <laughs> If you need any motivation to listen to this pod, you need you need to listen to this. Of course, you know, happiness and enthusiasm are for sure healthy fuels for a mantle burner, but they are fleeting. Hatred, anger, and revenge are an endless supply, especially if the only way to get rid of them is by achieving a goal. I haven't ran on the latter in years. Need one more run. Come on, that's man.
1: That's a classic. That's an all-time lead man. If
0: that kind of hater... Okay, I, I, me, myself, I woke up today and I thought, you know what? I thought the first thing I asked God was today, how can I be a better hater? And listening to that mugapod, it made me be a better hater. You know what I mean? So if you yeah. want to be a better hater, listen to that mugapod. But if you want to increase your credit rating, what you'll do is you'll head over to www.patreon.com forward slash cop and fracas and subscribe to the Cop and Fracas Patreon page for <laughs> £3 a month because it has now been proven by Experian and Credit Score that if you sign up to the Cop and Fracas Patreon page, your credit score goes up exponentially. You won't have to cut out your Netflix or anything like that and you'll be able to afford that free bedroom house that you've been looking at on um, on Zuper and then man. If that doesn't give you <laughs> enough motivation to do it, then I don't know what will. you got... Yeah, I'm going to cut the spiel there. That was all lies. But I mean, it might be true. I don't know. You know, you, it's you worth know, a try. That little three pound a month comes up on your mortgage application. You know, the people see that you've got good taste. That you, you know, subscribe to Copper and Fracas. So <laughs> it is what it is. But uh, but yeah, Copper and Fracas Patreon page is the only place to be for all of the best Liverpool FC content on the internet. So do subscribe from just three pounds a month today. Of course, the game that we are here to pre, not preview to review did the preview last week, um, is, of course, Manchester City 2, Liverpool 2. Um, obviously, before we do kicking stuff, obviously, we previewed uh, this game last week with Premier League legend Sean Roy Phillips and the support we got for that part was absolutely fantastic. Um, and again, thank you all so much for listening to that part and for all the kind words that we had record- recording it. Um, Myself and Peter, Harold, and of course, Glam, Glam, um, had a lot of fun recording that part i think glam had more fun than anybody because uh he was he was able to cook his cousin um on the airwaves which you know we all dream of growing up and of course when your cousin is a multi-millionaire footballer it just hits even sweeter so his word is from that but more than thank you from the bottom of more heart for all of the kind words and support in promoting that podcast but onto the game itself it was some game of football that wasn't it and Gents, I want to ask you both: Did we just did we witness a contest between the two best teams in world club football this Sunday?
3: Hundred percent. There's yeah. There's no. There's no doubt actually in my mind that yeah, Liverpool and City are the two best teams at the moment. I think they're the only two out of the so-called sort of big European clubs that could just sort of hand a slap into any of the other teams. Um, I think with all the others, it's sort of who turns up on the day more. Like they've all got quality, but they just don't—they they just can't match the intensity of either City or Liverpool style. So no doubt, I think the two best.
1: <laughs> I think you know, I think they're definitely the two best teams in the world because um, these two teams, like, they're just going at each other and they're not retreating. Whereas if anyone else had to play each other, so if, if Chelsea had to play Man City, for example, Chelsea would have to sit in. Or, yeah, you see it against, like, us in the Caribbean Cup final. They have to sit in and counter us and choose their moments. But you're literally just seeing, like, it's like a boxing fight. Like, and you're just going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. You know what I'm saying? Jab for jab for jab for jab. And no teams are treating. No teams changing their, like, immensely changing their style. We're both playing a high line. Yeah, we have have different ways to build up or whatever. But, like, both teams are just going punch for punch. You know what I'm saying? So, and you're seeing both teams score. You're seeing both teams, you know what I'm saying, have good sequences of play. you have seen how both teams have um, good moments of <clears throat> possession. So, yeah, um, definitely the best teams in the world. Um, and, yeah, the quality was on show, man. Like, the quality was really on show. You, you saw, like, players like Kevin De Bruyne, Salah, their moments of quality, Mane, um, Jesus, even Cancelo. Like, you know what I'm saying? Just moments of quality where it's just like Trent, where you're just like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? These are the two best teams in the world. It's not like a score, boring draw where you can't see each other out. Both teams really think they can win. You know what I'm saying? So, and both teams are really going for it. So, yeah, man, definitely definitely the best two teams in the world.
3: Honestly, I wish so bad that I could, like, remove myself from, like, supporting Liverpool just to watch a City-Liverpool game. Like, I think that's why, yeah, yeah, 100%. I think that's why it annoys me so much when other fans get so, sort of, insulted when people talk about the City-Liverpool thing. And I just think I'd give anything to watch a game like that, that doesn't involve my team and everyone like else. I don't know.
1: If you're talking pure quality, like that's, 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 that's one of the best you ever see, like in terms of, um, 100%. Like, you know what I'm saying? Our games, I remember the game in 1819 when where Sane scored a winner again, another classic tie when we played them at, um, Anfield, another classic tie. This again, another all time, you know what I'm saying? These are like very qu- like high quality games and, in terms of quality in terms of what these guys have done, achieving 90 points, um, them achieving um, the Centurions, like, us winning the Champions League, like, these are definitely the best teams in the world and their rivalry's been, you know what I'm saying, great. Um, Obviously, where it lacks is that there's not, like, a a hatred or, like, a deep, you know what I'm saying, um, hatred towards each other. So, if you want to say in terms of having a hatred or having, like, you know what I'm saying, like um, needle in that kind of um, rivalry. Fair enough, but in terms of quality and in terms of points records, it's it's the best for sure.
0: Yeah, it, it would be a cup end part if I didn't compare this to wrestling at all. So, I mean, the the game of the weekend it reminded me of WrestleMania 12 main event Iron Man match, Shawn Michaels versus Bret Hart. Just. Going blow for blow, the first forty minutes of that match are really equal, and then it ramps up in the like, the last kind of twenty minutes. Yeah. Of match. No one wants to concede. No one wants to go for it, and that's kind of what this rivalry is like in general. It's not got the that pure hatred,
1: right? Yeah, man. man.
0: <laughs> pure hatred. You think about it. You got you got you got Bret Hart, comes from the old school kind of discipline. The heritage runs deep. That's Liverpool, yeah. Then you got Sean Michaels, the brashy newcomer, new to the block, got all the corporate support behind him. By any means necessary, he's going to win. You know yeah. what I mean, by felonious activities or not. All um, right, a- Chris, Chris top that.
1: Chris, you know what I mean, <laughs> so, you always, Chris, that's naughty from you.
3: <laughs> no, we need to talk about it. We Chris, stick to, to
1: the it. football.
0: Yeah, I'm saying, on. look, 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 man! All I'm going to say is Der Spiegel You know, if, if God if, if God ain't got me, Dur Beagle's got me. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, the they're work. the true haters in in, in in football against Man City. But that's that's what that's what this rivalry just kind of reminds me of, man. It's just like two of the two of the best, two of the purest, going at it bar for bar. And man, we just get some instant classics every single time they go at it. So you know, let's 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 get stuck into the actual game itself and let's break it down. Break it down. The tactical approach, I think, of both teams rather than 90 minutes are just so, so fascinating because... And
1: Peter, Sorry, start with you. Me, I, I want to no, give no, you a flowers, yeah. I feel like, especially when we talk about these decisions, I feel like, I don't know, it's like maybe you got something like, you're like Klopp's like right-hand... I feel like your decisions are always kind of close to what Klopp likes. Because <laughs> last week, you were talking about starting Jota, and then Jota actually started. And it's like, you said that because he's basically like the most informed forward and, mm. like... You'd want a chance to fall to him, which it did. He started, and I just yeah, like I give you your flowers. Like I feel like when it comes to those kind of decisions, I feel like you're mostly like spot on, or you're quite close to kind of how it actually plays out generally. But what was your even uh, like your thought process seeing Jota start, and was you was you kind of happy?
0: I uh, love, bro. I appreciate that. I'll, I'll have to hide my Pep Linda's mask now. Um <laughs> 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 But yeah, it's just. But, but I, I want to talk about Jota in a lot more detail earlier on because I feel like he's been the manager's been kind of pigeonholed into his selections kind of going on. And it's, it's, it's dead fascinating when you look at kind of a lot of the numbers and the details behind it, which I think would be, a re- which I'm really disappointed. I'm really disappointed that Mike's not on the pod because I think he would have really got stuck into this, but apparently he had a problem with his height up. So, I mean, he, he couldn't attend this evening. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but, but yeah, I mean, the tactical approaches of both teams throughout this game, I think, are, are genuinely fascinating. I think from the city side, more than anything, and I do want obviously, Peter, I do want to start with you on this. Um, the kind of, the way CT have kind of adjusted their style of play um, in recent weeks to kind of not get beaten on the counter-attack. And it did look like it was very much like a, a, a 4-4-2 form, formation that Pep just play. You, you, you got Sterling and kind of Jesus kind of doing the disrupting up front and a kind of like a, a blanket of midfielders where it, it very much was Rodri and Bernardo kind of playing as the the, the, the DMs almost. Do you think that was a deliberate... Has he deliberately kind of implemented this style of play to stop Liverpool kind of going on the break? Because you didn't see the traditional kind of Liverpool style of play that we expect going forward.
1: Um, so, in terms of playing that formation, no. Because they have been implementing a kind of 4-4-2 slash 4-4-3 kind of... information. Um, so, like, maybe our position, there'll be a 4 3 and then in position, they'll switch to 4-4-2. So, and what kind of I noticed was that KDB... Was, K, it was KDB and Foden... And they were the two kind of forwards and his was playing right wing and Senna was playing left wing. And then, But what they did do was that, like you said, they kind of overloaded that middle and they completely cut off Fabinho's passing lanes and pressed him to death. So, obviously, in your Fabinho, you have Foden and KDB around you and they're pressing you. Those are two high-quality players pressing you, you know what I'm saying? It's (laughs) it's not easy for anyone to kind of play out of that. So, um, yeah, they definitely kind of... They knew that Thiago was obviously the main person in the middle they need to stop so they kind of cut off well they tried to as much as they can kind of cut off the passing lanes from Virgil to Thiago or Fabinho to Thiago and what you saw from City was kind of funny because you never really see them go long as much as they did this game so what they were doing they were kind of um, they were making smart runs like timing their runs really well and they were kind of run off or maybe a like full backs or like a space between I like a Trent and Mattip and playing balls really quickly, so maybe runs from midfield, from like a Foden or from like a Sterling, and playing it really quickly. And normally I used to kind of see, kind of like having like a slow build-up, like kind of like methodical, you know what I'm saying, passing it around, patient, but City will actually kind of going direct, and obviously that's probably why they played use to make them kind of penetrating runs. So, yeah, I think it was really, it was a really interesting game plan from them. Obviously, um, they knew that they probably, that was their best way was to get in behind us, was with the high line, and Um, I think you you see other teams, the thing is you see other teams kind of do it and you see other teams kind of trying to make this run and trying to um, break our kind of high line, but they they can't because they haven't got the quality to do it. But see, you actually kind of do. So you see that with the second goal, especially Jesus makes a fantastic run and who can really pick out Jesus like that? You know what I'm saying? the Premier League, only maybe Trent, Cancelo, KDB, like that's a wonderful ball. You know what I'm saying? Obviously Cancelo has the quality to kind of pick him out. So yeah. Um, Pep, you know what? Pep, Pep got it. Pep got it. That first half, <laughs> Boldy, he done his thing. Still, yeah, it's a it's, good. It's, 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 you got me. <laughs> good game, <plan. laughs> That first half, that's some good. That's some
3: good <laughs> shit right there. Fair enough, man. No, that's. It's that's, almost that's like he's
0: thing, good though. at this football stuff. You know what <laughs> I mean? <laughs> no, like, no, exactly. he might actually be decent football. at it. <laughs> that's it.
3: Yeah, no, he's alright. That like, yeah. yeah, but no, that's it. Like we, everyone talks about when he gets overexcited or overthink stuff, but like most of the time, it comes off and like. This was one of those games, like Peter said. If someone like City to like move players and then play passes into that space behind them, it's usually sort of played in front of the defense up until sort of the the penalty box, really. Um, yeah. So yeah, it was a big change from them, um, and I think they they nailed it. Really, I think that was instead of just I think what other teams do is they just sort of play a singular long ball. Yeah. Behind Trent Ish, and someone mm. will make a run. In it. And what City did is they that, like Pete said, they added a couple more elements, a couple of more runs before that, and that just left Matip in a foot race with whoever it was. And nearly everybody on the pitch will beat Matip in a foot race. So I think it was yeah, it was the smartest thing for them to do, and they executed it really well.
0: Yeah, yeah I mean that um, the Hazers goal. I mean you look at that and you, you kind of think. That is something 100 that they've been working on the past three weeks in training. Yeah,
3: yeah. you know, oh, what they, I mean, they've been they've been practicing for us for weeks. You you could tell, like right. they 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 had a hot everything they did, they changed a little bit, and yeah, yeah, you could. I think they've been, <laughs> yeah, we've been in their heads. Like it worked, it like it's kind of advantage them, but yeah, they yeah, they've those, been waiting for this.
1: Goal set pieces, if they go direct from from a corner. Most likely Virgil and Matip are going to head it out, right? Because, you know what I'm saying, they're beasts in the year. And we're probably, um, we're quite good with dealing with set pieces nowadays. So they know that they will go short and then put a bo- like and then make a late run and then put it yeah. into the box or so like like another phase. They'll create another phase of play because it's not, obviously if they put it straight into the box, we're most likely going to deal with it. So it's smart for them to kind of make it short and then go long. Like you said, add another element into it. So yeah, um, smart with that.
0: Yeah, really clever, and I mean, I think the most, the smartest thing of all was. I think this might be something that I think if you look at potentially Bayern Munich, if we play them in the next round in the Champions League, we'll look to potentially try and exploit. Um, I mean, is that is that game going on now?
1: Yeah, as we're recording. Facing Villarreal now, yeah.
0: Facing Villarreal now, mm-hmm. that'd, that'd be a, a mighty encounter, man. Uh, Unai Emery, by the way, changed his entire team of the weekend to like the second Villarreal oh, it was So he's taking good team. this in. very, very is it, it was a good team. Yeah, it was yeah, a, good team, a you know. good team. What the hell? <laughs> it's like, it's like, I say I didn't even know that um, Villarreal had uh, had weapons like that. You know what I'm saying? So like, I thought it was just Dan Juma and you know, um, and, and, and yeah <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to say that word during the holy month. So, um, so yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Obviously, the one thing that they did really well, uh, as, as Peter alluded to, that that targeting the Fabinho, especially kind of within the first five to ten minutes of the game, um, you know, with their... their, their you know, I give massive credit to City. One of the things that, you know, we do take the piss out of them a fair bit is their atmosphere. And it was... It, their, their crowd was really up for it. I mean, it was kind yeah. of, you know, the, the Anfield atmosphere ordered from wish.com, but, you know, hey-ho, we can't all have the heritage kind of ingrained in there, but they did a really good job, obviously, cu- coupled that together with a really intense start, which is ultimately does see them get the goal. Um, And it kind of goes back to what Peter said as well. You target Fabinho, you stop him from kind of getting off those quick, quick little passes to Thiago where you can start to really distribute the play. And again, it goes for Virgil too. Virgil with those cutting balls that we see kind of taking out of Salah or Mane in certain situations. So it really cuts off those those passing lanes and makes the backline panic, which was a bit of a weird one because I thought it took at least a good 15 minutes for Liverpool to adjust to as well. Yeah, for
1: sure. I think what surprised me, I think as Trent probably the best pass on the team. His first two passes, he lost the ball. And I was thinking, whoa, what the hell is going go. on here? here go. <laughs> you, know that? you know when <laughs> your best pass loses the ball, you're thinking, whoa, okay, we might be a bit rattled here. So, yeah, I think it definitely took us a while to wake up. Sort of for the first goal, Fabinho kind of let, um Cameron O'Brien run past him too easily. So, yeah, we need to wake up for sure.
3: Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think the players were genuinely shocked by the atmosphere. I think... Uh, not not to discredit what City done to like knock us off of our flow in it, but yeah, I think the atmosphere well caught our players off guard.
0: Yeah, it it definitely did. To be fair, I mean, kind of you look look at look at the tactical kind of way that we we looked at the game too. Very much, I bet it's kind of cr- we don't we didn't create as many chances as we normally do in our everyday games. I think you know, if we create something like what Peter. you will probably know better than me, but something around about. 15 to 18 chances a, a, a game in terms yeah. of shots on and off target combined. Well, we only had this kind of like was it six today, something like that yeah. and then Four of like, the shots were on yeah. target, which was bloody impressive. Yeah. And that doesn't even account for the Jota one-on-one, which he oh, I'm still livid at. I think he should do better there. And that weird yeah. Trent one where he tries to chip it from, from halfway and he kind of slips over, <laughs> which was um, <laughs> I, about all, that yeah. I saw the vision of it but again it was kind of like you know, nah. it's um, frustrating
3: because he'll do that against in like some four nil win next season and it's yeah. like
0: nah, not then now <laughs> like he's gonna do that again let's say if like i don't know like luton get promoted or something that's like percent going to happen <laughs> yeah. next season you know what yeah. i mean um but yeah i mean the way that we play through the lines especially second half Um, obviously the pass from Salah to to, to Mane, where he's very much playing off the shoulder against Mm -hmm. Carl Walker, giving him something to actually think about, which I think both wingers did way better in the second half. And again, that nullified City's creative outlets from those specific areas. In terms of Liverpool's game plan, obviously we saw it go to absolute complete shambles over the first 10 minutes of the game. But I think through the gradual phases where we do have our dominance over, over the match, especially the second half where we go for a good 25 minute spell where Kind of thought we were going to nick a winner or get that uh, goal. Do you yeah. think our tactical approach to the game was was right and in line with what you what you envisaged, or do you, do you think we did a little something, a little bit, add a little bit of extra sauce onto it, you know what I mean, for a special occasion?
1: Um, you know, the one thing I like about us is that, like, I think Gary Neville said it right on, um, on commentaries that like, we're like, we're, we're a street fighter, you know what I'm saying? Like, we're rugged, like, we're, we're not going down, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you might give us one, two blows, but. Like these players, they're smart. So on the pitch, they'll kind of find a way to kind of get through. You know what I'm saying? So the first 10, 15 minutes, they weren't awake, but once City scored, we was awake, and we got onto um City. And one thing I even Pep even said like he didn't like was that um they they as soon as um they scored, they retreated because obviously they like they wanted to protect a lead, and we got onto them. And you're seeing that like the players knew that um they couldn't really um get through City in terms of like um how we normally would, maybe. And we use switches, the kind of um, quick switches. So we switched. Mm. So the first goal, um, you saw Thiago do an absolutely phenomenal switch oh. to Trent. Beautiful. beautiful. Yeah, you done a wow. phenomenal switch to Trent. And then Trent done another switch to Robertson. You know what I'm saying? And then Robertson puts the ball in. So again, those switches, again, like those we worked out during the match, that like that was a way we can um, get through City. And even the second goal... It came from a, a Van Van Dijk switch into Trent, and then Trent's played it into Seller. So, um, yeah, I think our players like they're not down and out, man. They're street fighters, and we have so many weapons and tools that we can use in a match. So, our and our, our attackers they're so smart and they're they're so clinical. So, yeah, um, it wasn't a great start, but um, we we got into the game and um, we there was, there, we couldn't play any worse. You know what I'm saying? That's how I saw it. We couldn't play any worse, so it was always it was always gonna get better.
3: Yeah, I think as well, I feel I feel silly for being so nervous sort of at half-time now because we know that we we never have two bad halves yeah. sort of behind each other. If we have a bad first half, we'll have a good second half. So, yeah, I think, yeah, we, we show good mentality not to just let the occasion run away from us because it was quite close to. I think if, if the half had sort of been 10 minutes longer um, I think City would have created a couple more chances, and to be honest, we're very lucky when we scored the second goal because it couldn't have been a more perfect time—literally straight after kickoff. Um, yeah, I think I think yeah, we've, we were really lucky in that sense. But then we took—I think we took hold of the game after that. So kudos yeah. to them for switching it around a little bit and sort of being a little bit more direct. I think what City were doing quite well. Um, was forcing the ball to be a foot race with Walker, whoever was on that side, um, because that's, Walker's that's pushing
1: the, up a lot more than he ever has the whole season. Yeah, and he was like temp,
3: they were trying to tempt us into it because yeah. like that that would be the easy ball. You look and you see space, but it's not really that sort of space when it's him.
0: Yeah, it was because it was like a, it was deceptive space as well because you always Laporte was always in that area too to kind of sweep yeah. up. And I thought he yeah. had a really good game too. Um,
1: yeah, for sure. Do you, know, do you know what was interesting about their battles? That City, they have so much possession. Like, they had quite a lot of possession. And, like, the way they play, it was kind of like, um, obviously, they keep the ball and they were kind of, kind of k- trying to cut through us. But with us, it's like, um, our equaliser is that we have shooters. So, they were creating chances yeah. at will. And they were kind of, um, obviously, having a lot of the ball and playing, like, these nice kind of plays. But... Like anytime we went through, they look shaky as well. So it's just like <laughs> like one team is kind of having like they have like a more of a methodical kind of passing way and they can kind of create good sequences. And we can literally just do one switch and boom, they look shaky. So it was like it was like a team, one team who has like great technical players and more of a technical team, and then one team is just full of shooters. So it's like an equalizer in terms of just one team are full of like eights, so and another team is full of shooters. So yeah, it's a really fascinating battle
0: the team for the like eight, thing is is genuinely interested um i, w- I want to touch on that a little bit later on but i think he, he, i always think it's a bit cliché to say you know but you know it was a game of both halves you know what i mean both teams had a, had, a sentence, had, yeah, had I a sentences had sentences so. in in either part of the 45 but this is literally the personification of a game of both halves and and, and Yak, I will come to you on this one not only a personification of a game of both halves but i think it's a bit of a you know the metaphor for the season so far for both clubs you look at it city's inability to kind of put away chances and you know ride off into the sunset you know with the league title kind of wrapped up and done and of course you know like like peter alluded to earlier on liverpool's kind of never give up attitude you know like that kind of you know never say die we will always fight towards the end and we're, you know we're leaving with something mentality just just talk to me about the kind of how the game just perfectly encapsulates both seasons for these clubs
3: yeah, honestly, you couldn't you couldn't write it. You couldn't have... Like the the two games, especially this season, have mirrored each other so well. I mean, we got off to the better start uh, and we were ahead of City at some point during uh, the top of the table um, and we played that home game. We took the lead, they caught up. We took the lead, they caught up. The flip happens this weekend and we're the chasey. So it's, uh, there's so many things in a row that were the same and it is literally, it's yeah, it's just going to come down to, and it's going to be so frustrating for whoever misses out. It's just between us, it's always going to come down to who slipped up against the team they should have beat. It's as simple as that. Um, and I'm actually in a weird way, it, it, we should have, we sorry, not we should have, we really wanted the three points, but it's kind of, yeah, it's nice to know that we we're sort of square. Um, in 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 the season's games because it's it's not nice to think that they beat us twice or so or they beat us once and we drew and then they just lost to someone crap that they didn't deserve to lose against it feels a little bit cheeky but this is like a proper fight to the death and yeah it encapsulates the whole sort of last five years perfectly. No, it
0: really does because it is it is literally by the barest of all possible margins and again you see through you see through in the contest you know from, from even down to the XG. I mean it's it's so razor yeah. it's so close. It's just it's it's absolutely crazy. That took me by massively by surprise, by the way. I yeah, was I kind was of thinking really looking sure. yeah, I thought it was give, like three, you know, free for City and then like what 1.4 for us or something like that. Yeah. It just honestly took me by surprise. We had
1: more than them, didn't we? Only by like ten or something like that, innit? By like ten or fifteen, but we had something like that, experience. yeah. Cause again hard. like
0: obviously that that because obviously Jota doesn't get the shot away from that one on one. It doesn't filter into the XG calculations. So it, it, the potential is there for it to be way higher, which is absolutely crazy. Yeah, and obviously, and it, you know, goals we, as well. we talk about, we talk about luck through look through seasons as well. I'm really sick and tired of Kevin De Bruyne getting deflected goals against us. It's so oh, annoying okay. because the XG, the XG for all of them are like 0.02. It's, it's like an absolute piss. It's so
3: frustrating because you, you can't even be that annoyed at him. He's not a very. Dislikable player at all in it, and this. Like, <laughs> I said off. this.
0: I said this the other day because obviously that video came out of. That he's kind of like a. You no, know, he's, he's, he's pre-match day routine where he was like, you know, saying goodbye to his kids, yeah, getting in yeah, the car I and know. stuff, going to McDonald's on the way back, sliding so receipts. Hey, it's like bro, I, I, I want to hate that guy in it, but he's such a likable person. And it doesn't help there's a top red as well. So you know, top red, Kevin De Bruyne. Yeah, yeah he know he's know a with Michael Owen
1: see. or something like in it. How random is that? That's it. Yeah, but like, yeah, you can't be mad because he his performance did deserve that. Like he he was he was on the day, he was actually he was incredible on the day. Like oh um, bro, he's fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> if anyone thinks Kevin LeBron has washed, then just, just watch that game because yeah, like when he gets the ball, he was driving with it. And the thing about him in transition, he's just an absolute beast. Like you can't when he starts getting in full stride, you actually can't stop him. And we saw in when he would get the ball on the halfway line and turn, problem. Big, big problem. I think you saw <laughs> Robertson got a yellow card take him down Van Dyke got yellow card taking him down tiago got yellow card taking him down so again all three players had to take one for the team just to take him down so yeah, yeah it's, quality, he's so like fair.
3: deceptive yeah he's he's so deceptively good when he's running with the ball in he? he's like it's you he turns and you think that like, he's not going to get away from him and then the, he, yeah, so you just see the defender yeah. struggling just thinking like what limb can i use to stop this geezer and yeah and the he's away with him
1: is that, at the end of the transition, he has the quality to make the pass as well. Like there's a yeah. lot of players who have that physical kind of um capacity to kind of maybe they're quick or they're powerful, but he actually has the quality to kind of um yeah make the pass at the end of it as well. But yeah, enough Kevin the pros anyway, man.
3: Yeah, I think it's what like we say like with his passing ability as well. It's, he he doesn't need to get the ball from out of his feet, which I think is such like a skill and is so useful for catching the defenses a little bit off guard or just getting that extra couple of inches the defender can't get there. But yeah, the, the, his ability to sort of just like pass mid stride, I think is just that's yeah that's incredible, and I think that's what probably makes him the the best in that sort of passing department. To be honest.
0: Yeah, unbelievable player. I can't believe uh, at one point people were saying that Ozil and uh, Pogba were better than this guy. I mean, nasty, man. uh, Again, it's it's the same clubs, man. Heritage Club de Football, you know, trying to maintain any relevancy they have at the current moment of time. So (laughs) it's sad. It's sad. Um, It
3: is very sad.
0: Uh, I want to go quick quick just on the performances of both these men right here. They are, Honestly, two of the biggest linchpins of this Liverpool team and two of the best players that I've ever seen in their positions, um, not only in Liverpool shirt, but in general. Um, obviously, the first one is Liverpool's number four, Virgil van Dijk, and then the other one is Liverpool's number one, Alisson Becker. Fuck it, though. They are both just absolutely fantastic players. Talk, talk about the difference just having them two in the team made at the weekend because... It was really funny, obviously when when Sterling was kind of one on one and Virgil did the you know the, the the rock gift, the aura. You know he literally stopped Sterling with his aura, which I thought was quite funny. And just Allison just general command of his area, just the having the presence to be calm when the entirety of the back four was confused because you know Fab was getting like you know pressured into submission. Just his calm head and obviously some of the fantastic saves and just general presence that he has as well. Talk to me about their their performances in the game.
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll talk to Allison. Maybe um, Jack can talk on Van Dijk. Alisson, we're forgetting as well, the first maybe two, three minutes, he makes a 1v1 save for Sterling. And yep. again, that's a big, big save. Obviously, we concede a couple mm. of minutes later, but... Um, yeah, yeah the XG of
0: just... that's like n- uh, 0.4, so I think he puts it in the clear-cut category.
1: Yeah, yeah, honestly, Sterling was 1v1, and Allison. He Like I always say, is he superpower. That 1v1, it becomes basically a, a, not really a, a good chance because he gets out so quickly and he smothers Sterling and Sterling's got nowhere to kind of shoot. So, yeah, it's a great save. And just Ellison, like, it feels like to beat Allison, you have to do something special. And I love that. When you have a keeper where, you know what I'm saying, you really have to do something special to beat him. The first goal is a deflection. Second goal is a crazy finish from Jesus. Like, literally hits the crossbar and goes in. And you can't say the same for the opposite number one or opposite whatever number is. Edison on the other end, you know what I'm saying. Edison fumbles that Josh so you probably should probably save, and you know what I'm saying. But to beat Allison, you have to do something special, and he's just a, he's a great, great goalkeeper. Um, yeah, he saves us. He saves us so many times that it's almost normal. Like he saves number one v ones. No one talks about it. You know what I'm saying? Everyone just forgets it. <laughs> Everyone literally just forgets it. Like it's so normal for Edison to save us. So yeah, he's he's, just, he's phenomenal. He's fantastic, man.
3: Yeah, yeah, I think those two at the back is. <clears throat> It's such, it's, it's, oh, it's, I can't even speak the words to describe how different it is watching it's Liverpool fine, yeah. play. Just what
0: you've done there <laughs> says <laughs> more than words could ever say, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> it's, it's true. Uh, it's like...
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, just compared to what we used to have to go through, man, like even when we were good in the past, we still, that was still always that lingering sort of spursy aspects of the team where it's like someone could just fall over someone could just kick it at the keeper the keeper <laughs> could just forget where he is like it was yeah. just part of watching Liverpool and it's yeah to have um, I think the composure side of it is is the biggest, biggest thing even if they weren't as good as they are at football which they both are magnificent footballers their composure just gives us such a base to work from and it is so easy to forget Um, how much that defensive prowess has been the foundation to our success. Everyone sort of agrees it's um, assumed it's front to back and it's the front three that sort of drags us through everything. But that was early doors. And since we've been succeeding and being very close to winning a lot of trophies, um, I think it's, yeah, Alisson and Van Dijk, probably the most important part of that.
1: Chris, Chris, did you see Edison and uh, Jota, you nearly let it go over the line?
3: Oh, I forgot about that,
1: bro. and Edison, he did not slide. He did not crack nothing. He was so calm. He just passed it like along, like yeah, whatever. Like he's not normal. Edison is actually not like Edison. I don't know what he's on. Like he's sick that, in the head, you know. <laughs> that smiley face just says it all on his neck. That smiley <laughs> face thing. It's, he's not normal. He done it so. Nah, calm. you like, look at
0: it. If if you saw a normal man on the road, yeah, with an emoji tattoo on his neck, you'd be like, they they're not right. You know what I mean? That's not normal <laughs> behaviour. Let alone for a Premier League goalkeeper, and this also furthers my conspiracy theory that Manchester City got magnets on the uh, on the goal line because this shit just consistently keeps happening where the, <laughs> the, the ball, the ball is so close to going Magnet. over, and it's just been repelled. This is ridiculous now. <laughs> he did, cause normally,
1: a goalkeeper in that moment they would slide because they kind of panic that oh shit the ball's gonna go over. Yeah. He doesn't even slide. He just yeah passes it back to Laporte. Yeah, whatever. So I meant to do that. That's right. <sighs>
0: What's the entire ground is like for fuck's sake, we'll never do <gasps> yeah, that again.
1: He's got the mouth and the heart.
0: <laughs> I'm real, but I, I, I couldn't believe that. I, I, yeah, I even looked at the um, I even looked at the uh, the picture of it. There's still after it's like it the, again, razor thin margins like we're talking about it in these games. It's like, just, oh my god, it's just, yes, yeah, absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> oh, what a guy. Um I want to talk about the, the the enigma, not the charismatic enigma, not Jeff Hardy. We're going to talk about Diogo Jota, because um, I think you know, for what Peter alluded to earlier, I think he's put Clap in a little little spot above her. Um, you know, obviously, yeah. regards of his goal scoring form. I think he has to be kind of the one, one of the first names in the team sheet. As you know, he's guaranteed to get these big momentum, momentum shifting goals. Obviously, when he gets it back to one-one, that's a big momentum shift. We've seen the past few weeks; he's either got an opening or closing goal in terms of the contest. But I look at the knock-on effect that this has with the rest of the squad, and especially with the midfield, because you look at the aspects that you know make Roberto Firmino excel in that false nine position in terms of linking the two units together. It's a lot more fluidity. There's a lot more. Out out balls in terms of being able to play out from the back, and I think that would have been a really good kind of pressure valve reliever for when Fabinho was coming under a bit of pressure. There, do you think that you know, with Jota being in the first in the team sheet, it creates a little bit of a problem for the way that Liverpool have to set up and maneuver now? They don't have that same kind of outlet they do with you know the traditional false nine in the system.
3: Yeah, I think it, it's gonna cause us to really change how we play over the next few years as Bobby sort of gets phased out and Jota becomes that guy. Um, if he stays that guy, you never know. No. But yeah, I think the the goals, uh, something we should all be so grateful for. But it, yeah, I am very very worried that um. Because, yeah, he, he's very good in sort of tight space, one-twos, getting out of tight areas and things like that, but the play has to be very close to him. um, And the way our front three traditionally score a lot of their goals is fast, direct breaks, so sort of like one-two touch passes, but they're not always just little round-the-corner one-twos. A lot of the times they're across the pitch, back across the pitch, back across the pitch, um, and those passes, jotter are like... Just can't. I don't want to sound harsh, but he just can't play them passes. It At the moment, it just isn't a part of his game. So I'm very interested to see if Klopp um, develops a new way of sort of playing with him that sort of removes him from those situations where he's being a, a fulcrum or a centrepiece to how we build a move when really he sort of needs to be at the end of it. Which is, yep. is where he's so good. Um. So yeah, it's a proper conundrum. Um. And I do wonder whether Diaz was bought in mind of that—that that you're going to need someone that can. Um. I mean, Mane is still an amazing player. Like, I love him so much, but Luis Diaz probably has the ability to take it round more players at the moment. I know Sadio could do that before, but Diaz can do a lot more of the the build up work. Sadio sort of has to play. Um he passes his way like he's uh, people don't really think it but sadly, when you see goals that he scores assists that he gets it's it's through a lot of passing it's not like beating four players and tapping it he's 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 that him and Robertson have very good build-up on that side but I wonder if that left-hand side is going to be sort of pushed inwards sort of a little bit closer to so that jota can get on the ball in the d outside the area um Hmm. Rather than sort of in the Firmino area, because we need to get him away from that, because he can't do that, and if he can't do that now, he probably won't ever be good enough at that for our team to sort of be revolving around it like it did with Bobby. So, yes, yeah, so I think it's a proper conundrum, but I trust them to solve it.
0: So, this was the really odd thing. Um, obviously, before the before you got the the injury this season, you could see all of that as- those, all of those aspects kind of really coming coming together, all the piece of the puzzle, but really. I don't know why I said that. I went really, Yu Gi Oh! then all the necessary cards to form a <laughs> card called now. Um, yeah, I've got my own head there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you can see all of those kind of little different things kind of forming together the link or play, the hold up, the little quick one twos, being able to kind of have attributes, not to, to the full extent of, that full, of, of how Roberto Firmino does it, but you can see how you could parlay those together and get the goals too. But since he's come back for the injury, it's been a, just a little bit of a... It's just it been all a bit chaotic. The first touches being off, and he's just way better kind of being within those poacher's ranges or just kind of within the box, really. So it, it's going to be interesting to see how we deal with that going forward. And and Peter, I'll, I'll kind of come to you. Is this where, when we talk about the evolution of this midfield, that this needs to kind of change? So I mean, there's there's kind of two ways we can go, you can go about it. And I think mean, I said this to, to, to Mike earlier on in the week that there's two ways you can do it in terms of if you want to evolve the midfield to kind of be the false nine as a unit, if it were. So you can have your normal raw dimension number eight. You can drive the ball forward and get into those areas, kind of keep defences guessing, pop off long shots or kind of link up play at the edge of the box. Or you can kind of have that, you know, Lucas Paqueta type in the midfield. who can kind of do a little bit of everything, drop back, and be the attacking kind of silky kind of player. Do you think that's something that Klopp might change in terms of being able to nullify the negative aspects of uh, Diogo Jota's build up?
1: Um, yeah, I think you're kind of seeing it already. I think you're kind of seeing Army Field evolve already. Um, players like Thiago, players like um, Elliot, you know what I'm saying? They're kind yeah. of being involved on in midfield. Um, and you know what? I, I disagree. I, I think Jota can actually kind of work on it because. Last season I don't think he was as bad on the ball, like you said. So I do think he can kind of work on it. Um I think Yak was being nice. I think this season he's he's reeked off the ball. He's been absolutely stinky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so some of his it's not even like his pass selection sometimes is just off. And it's like, bro, why would you pass that person when another person's free? And like he kind of swings a leg at it and it just seems really lazy. So um, but yeah, there's way the way there's ways to work around it, like. I look at players like Abamyang. I look at players like Vardy, and these type of players, outside the box, they're not really doing much at all. Like Outside of the box, you don't really see them on the ball. Well, what you do see is that you see like another player, like maybe like an Odegaard, or you see like a Tillemans, and they get on the ball a lot more. Madison, they get on the ball a lot more. So yeah, I think you probably do need to kind of ask central midfielders to probably get on the ball a lot more and maybe drop in them holes. So maybe you might ask your left-sided eight to drop in those kind of... So like, you see how Leslie used to play Madison back in the day. They, they play Madison off the ball as, as an eight, then on the ball as a ten, so you might ask one of the eights to kind of play in the hole when we had the ball. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So then, Jot J- doesn't have to focus on um, coming in the hole. He um, whoa Jot doesn't have to focus in. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> hey yo,
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <Whoa>. Jesus! <laughs> J- <laughs> oh my God, they're gonna finish me. Yeah. J- <laughs>
2: <laughs> ah! <laughs> so yeah,
1: let, let me, Yeah, Joel doesn't have to focus on playing. What game. was that? Yeah, Joe doesn't have to focus on playing in the ten role and can just so solely focus on getting in the box. So yeah, there's there's ways around it, but I don't think it's as problematic as people are saying. Um, like yeah, um, is saying we should be grateful that we have a player who can score these chances, like against Man City. We looked like, you know what I'm saying? We looked out of ideas and then Jota pops up with a goal and, you know what I'm saying, it's 1-1 and we look good again. So, yeah, um, right now, he's our most informal attacker. And my thing is that I wanted attackers that have different profiles. Not every attacker we should have should be amazing on the ball, you know what I'm saying? some attackers should be just absolute shooters, you know what I'm saying? Some some attackers might be dribblers like Diaz, like Mane. Some attackers might be shooters like um, Salah and Jota, you know what I'm saying? And then you have other like Firmino, he's good and he can hold a ball. So we have different profiles in the attack and I don't, different games require different profiles. So I, I'm not too worried. You know what I'm saying? if we, As long as we continue to um, switch up and play the right profiles in the different games, then
0: I'm glad we have all these options.
3: Yeah, well said. It's
0: really, yeah, uh, it's really strengthening my, I mean, weary case, by the way, if, uh, having somebody could kind of come in and do the uh, do some of the falls nine stuff whilst kind of coming off the left too. So I'm quite happy with that. Um, you know how I feel about that guy I was looking at the goal returns though he's kind of like slowed it down with the goal returns a little yeah
3: that
1: profile is so hard to find I think Arsenal looking for it Man Utd looking for it like that having a false nine that can also score goals boy
0: it's <sighs> difficult man <laughs> it is. I think it's just non-existent though you know what I mean like yeah. if you want a false nine you kind of have to kind of have the caveat of okay cool we need really to boss you know wide forwards and that's why it would, you know, that's why it works for teams like, you know, Rebel it because they've always got really kind of decent wide forwards and stuff like that, too. So they could afford to like play a Danny Olmo as a false nine and kind of just for example, there. But yeah, man, if, you, if you're if you're a top of team now, like you look at Arsenal, the one thing that's really holding them back is just not having a number nine. It's like yeah, even just just just, just for argument's sake, let's say if you put I don't know Ivan Tony up there, they're probably doing a lot better because that's one thing that Ivan Tony can really do quite well. He's a bit of a throwback in that in that regards, but. You know, you just need someone to put the ball at the back of the net and be really alert in the situation. So yeah.
3: Yeah, I think that's what that's what makes the sort of the next uh, I'm assuming over the next couple of years we probably buy someone that can play on the right that's left footed. Yeah, um and I, that makes it so interesting to see what kind of player we buy. I think Jota will be a big, big part of that if in if in a year or two um He's, he's like cemented he's he's the guy he's our nine for the next however long he wants to stay here then i could see us going for more of a a, a playmate yeah. right winger um which would be really anthony, interesting.
0: help anthony you know what i
3: mean yeah I'd, I'd, yeah I'd, I'd like to see someone that nice and yeah So-ky. direct and yeah i was yeah, saying yeah,
0: that yeah. though did you like to see the the price tags i put on him apparently how much is,
3: is it like 70 or something?
0: Jesus is
3: Lord. For what? Yeah. yeah. None That's of that. Bro, That's I, not Ajax I, prices. I, 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 like,
0: I like just saying Anthony, you know what I mean? But I mean, I'm not paying... <laughs> the, you know, I'm not going to have Liverpool pay the privilege of £75 billion for me to just do meme content. So, you know, um, I think that money <laughs> worth is invest, worth investing somewhere else, to be quite, yeah, me quite honest. But I want to touch on the midfield performance very quickly because it's a weird halfway house at the moment because... I don't particularly know if we're overreacting to kind of how bad the midfield was, Thiago aside for certain aspects. Since, you know, like we've alluded to earlier on, City do essentially play with a team of of, full, of, of number eights to, to, to a regard, especially even with their fullbacks. I mean, you look at Cancelo and you think, okay, cool, that's basically a number eight for all intents and purposes yeah. from those positions. Or do we think it's just a little bit uh, you know, a, a problem something a little bit more systematic that we need to look at addressing in the summer in terms of you know kind of getting the athleticism up and bringing a bit more of a new player profile into the Liverpool squad. I
3: think. um, um
1: Yeah, go on, yeah Sorry.
3: Yeah, I think I think it's important that we do eventually add another dimension because, like Peter said, with the forward line, it's nice to have different options for different situations. I mean, we're t- we're perennial champions league teams that we're playing 50 games a season against a lot of different types of teams um but yeah yeah um i don't know it's difficult to say who because realistically we're not going to sign loads of midfielders it's probably going to be one maybe two if the right deal there so choosing between that sort of like two or many sort of style where it's another player that can win the ball back a lot but has that box to box. That's sort of my temptation at the moment. Um but yeah, it's 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 interesting to see what direction they're gonna go because we're really looking at the Henderson replacement, I guess. Um hmm. it depends where they see Elliot playing. It's it's difficult to say. That's the thing. Who knows? Jones and Elliot their stocks could be higher than they are now or or a lot lower than they are now at the end of next season and that's gonna have such a big um sort of say in who's gonna be in that sort of free with Fabinho for the next few years.
1: Yeah. I'll I'll chip in there. I think we are kind of overreacting because <clears throat> I do think these deficiencies they only show in really really big games like we yeah. were more than equipped like, for other fans the Arsenals the United's we got more than enough to kill you like bro like relax but like when it comes to Man City and these like semi maybe semi-final finals like I think our deficiencies and midfield show a little bit so like your Henderson's obviously hasn't really got the technical level to kind of cope with um Kevin the and Bernardo Silva and also Athletic as well. I didn't really like the way Kevin De Bruyne was spinning away from our midfield. So that kind of physical presence, even Tiago looked. Tiago out of the three probably looked the most tenacious. Which is actually yeah. insane because he's <laughs> he's he's obviously the shortest and he's probably the most slender, and he gets such a hard time for being kind of this weak kind of. But he was probably the most tenacious out of that from out of that mid- midfield three. So I do think. In those hot, those really high high quality games, I think we are kind of missing that physical presence that could really, like a two many, that could stop maybe the brain out or that could, you know, what I'm saying go shoulder to shoulder with him. So, yeah, um, and also, you... gone, and also, go on. I think also playing out from the back as well. Um, technically, we didn't look great, I feel like when the ball went to Thiago, I was confident about him playing at the back from, but when the ball did go to Fabinho and Henderson, I felt like they weren't as confident. Obviously, they were getting pressed by how quality players, but they weren't as confident from playing at the back. So, like you said, it will be difficult for, to find someone who's got that physical presence and can also play under p- pressure and can also progress the ball. But, you know what I'm saying, we're <laughs> not one of the greatest scouts in the world. And I just have one one worry. I was just thinking about it. I was in gym, just, you know, as, as a crazy football fan I am, I just think about <sighs> Liverpool and just thinking about the games and
0: oh, bro, don't, I... don't worry, that happens. That happens to <laughs> the best of us. I was in a meeting last week and it was like an hour long meeting. And for some reason, I was just thinking, sitting there thinking, what would it, what, what would happen if Thiago didn't play at the weekend? What would he go with? Yeah, just <laughs>
1: just yeah probably would have been Cato, but um, yeah, it's just a small concern. Obviously, I do love Fabian, I think he's had a great season. Um, he's had he's phenomenal for us, but I just do think in certain big games recently, I just think he's looked a bit lost. And I only say this because I look at the example. Obviously, I go back the first round this was against Real Madrid. And obviously that has mad circumstances. He was playing of um Reese Williams, Quebec, blah blah blah. Against Madrid against Casemiro Magic, he he just looked a bit lost, but that that midfield three, fair enough. Um against Chelsea both times this season. I don't think he's had these best games, Fabinho. Against Covet Chican, they seem to give him like a bad day. And against um City the first time round, City again this time round. He just, again, like, he, I don't know, maybe it's because he's kind of isolated by himself and they're kind of using this kind of ploy to kind of isolate him and cut off his passing lanes. So maybe we might need to put Thiago closer to him in these games or something like that. But I just think in big games I'm kind of worried about him and I feel like um, he might be kind of like a, not a weak link, but teams are looking to kind of target him in these big games. And I'm, I'm just not sure why. Hopefully it's nothing and I'm looking into it a bit too much. But yeah, I, I don't know what you guys think about it.
3: Yeah, I think I think that's interesting, but I think another thing is as well that we've we've got to remember with those like deficiencies we see in the big games, especially like with Fabinho, is like say if we win that game that Jota scores that chance that he swung out with his left leg, the City supporters sort of think, oh, shit, like maybe maybe it don't really work having like attacking eights and just Rodri gets a little bit swamped and like. I th- like cuz cuz it is only these sorts of games it's it's uh, to be honest it's M- madrid and city the only two midfield that can make like sort of fabinho and henderson look and that out of the, yeah. yeah 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 true no the Chelsea one is a shout as well but yeah. that's that's those teams strengths and they're the other best yeah. teams in the world it is like they're you're like, right you know it's I mean?
1: like 5% 10% of teams in the whole world but i'm just looking at it is like I'm the type of person who looks at performances. So yeah. Performances, you know what I'm saying? If you don't win these games I and mean, we do win these games, like I'll still look at the performance, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, I, I'll just wear a But you're all right. It's literally like two or three teams in the whole world that can kind of do this. But yeah, Chris, what do you think?
0: I think it's a weird Fabinho and Henderson thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like they kind of can't play together in big games, if that makes sense. Cause like the, the isolation yeah. thing, and he, he expects he expect Henderson to kind of pitch in a little bit more, but he's kind yeah, of so yeah. entrenched to doing that job on the right hand side, which you know kind of goes with, within the, the kind of formulation of what we want to do. It's yeah. kind of factors into that a lot, but I do agree with the broader point. There's no way, I mean, Kovacic is a very good player, but there's no way he should be absolutely dominating us right. every time because every single oh. time we play, we've all drew his
3: yeah. This this is I feel like I feel like it sounds like I'm just saying this because it means Naby would play more, but I, I do feel like against those sort of teams that like City have Rodri, um, but that that just matches up with Fabinho. That's that's the big six, but these other teams sort of do have that profile of midfielder, the sort of like the the Modric, Cruz, Kovacic, K.R. Tiago sort of midfielder. So I would. I would like to see us sort of go with two attacking eights in bigger games a lot more. Like, it, I don't want that to be the case because it means Henderson doesn't play. I love Henderson. He's a, He puts his all in. He, he played all right on the weekend. So but, we're, we're moving past Henderson.
0: Basically,
1: yeah. we're kind of evolving past Henderson. That's that's what we kind of... Yeah. Henderson should be playing
0: like
3: two games a week, isn't it? Well, and yeah. it plays it plays into the Jota thing as well because you, you can't have... Like Zaha, Hendo, Fabinho, all sort of in the middle of that pitch when we're trying to dictate a game against players of the same caliber as them. If you know, what I mean, we we need to yeah. create that advantage in the midfield in the big games, and I, uh, yeah, I think we we sort of need to buy with that in mind. Um, so that's that. That's why it's interesting whether they go for a backup six or or, or someone else that's similar to that sort of nabby, Kaira. I mean, Naby Tiago, sort of little, quick on the spin, sort of those sort of midfielders that can turn and go like De Bruyne's, Silver's, Kovacic's. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, I think it all feeds into each other over the next couple of years, and I think that's what's going to be very interesting is the sort of tactical evolution of this team because there's so many elements now. And if you think if if Elliot and Tiago start those big games by the end of next season. That's very very different from Henderson, Milner, and Genie. Do you know what I mean? That's that's a very different kind of midfield, and it's yeah, it's, inter- it's going to be interesting to see how we work with that.
0: I think it's really interesting when you look at the types of midfielders that we've been linked to kind of recently over the past few months. So you know, kind of Bellingham, um, Tushamani, Gavi from from Barcelona. They're all kind of like really young, athletic, robust midfielders that can do yep. kind of multiple jobs. They can interchange. I mean, you know, uh, Yaku yeah, really, you hit the nail on the head earlier on when you alluded to Tushimane. He's that destroyer, but also a really good box to box midfielder. You know, he can, he can win the ball back and he could progress it really well, drive it 10, 15 yards forward. He wish he could do as an eight and he could do as a six really well. So he's got that interchangeability Gavi, I don't know much. That, I don't know much about, and I'd be lying if I said I did. But I know he. Whenever I've seen Barcelona play, sometimes he's looked really electric and a really good playmaker. Again, young player kind of fits into that kind of way we want to kind of evolve the midfield. But again, Bellingham, this just kind of you know you, you see what he's about, how he can how he can evolve. He plays he, he can play on any kind of position in the midfield. Um, so yeah, it is, it is dead interesting to see kind of how we've been linked to all these different midfielders. And again, we talk about that need for more athleticism. From the middle, and again, we've always kind of signed players, especially midfield, that are really robust and can do a variety of jobs. So it's going to be dead interesting to see how we deal with it. Even more interesting to see how we deal with it in the transfer game uh, this this summer as well. Coming soon to the Patreon page, Yak, yeah, it's going to be your first time on the on the transfer oh, no, game I'm as look well. Excited. Look excited for that?
3: Excited. Yeah, hundred percent.
0: Yeah, I won't, I won't stick you with a crap team either. So um, I'll, I'll keep
3: my word on that one. that's
1: going to end up with Yarmolenko, bro. <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> and tacky
0: <laughs> yeah it's also going to be interesting to see what happens with Curtis Jones this summer as well because um, yeah. I think it's kind of it's been very much make or break the last few weeks in terms of what happened with him but again we'll speak we'll speak more on kind of potential in-goings now-goings uh, when this crazy campaign is, 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 um, is all wrapped up I do want to talk about the performance of Mohamed Salah in this game before we kind of move on to, to some of the other topics. And I'm really curious to kind of see what you guys both thought of his performance because I generally thought throughout the contest that he, you know, he just, his game really well, played to the occasion and second half, especially I thought he was just, he was, he was absolutely fantastic. He doesn't guess the goal, but he provides a fantastic assist to, uh, for, for, for Mane's goal. And he's a constant threat throughout the second half, especially too.
3: Yeah, I think obviously apart from scoring one of his trademark Salah goals, it was a a classic Salah performance. The sort of the getting back and, and filling in for other players, not just looking for his own space, looking to support the whole team, the shape. And then trying to get on the ball early in the build up, not just sort of walking around like, come on, when's someone going to set me up? He was playing like he'd been scoring if you know what I mean he didn't look some sometimes when he hasn't scored he's looked like he's just waiting to score a goal but he he sort of knew he had to get involved and possibly be the guy that set someone up which he was um but yeah I, I thought it was a classic Salah performance and it's nice to see um that he's still very sort of in 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 a a good place with the team um, and that he's still very willing and he still understands the big moments for us Um, and it's nice to know that he's going to be there for the rest of the season because that's not that's just the first of all the big games it's just the first one
1: Yeah I think what you saw was Salah and his playmaking bag I think City done well to kind of um not let him get in front positions and not let him get into the opposing box too much. Obviously they probably worked on that. You know what I'm saying? Salah's the best player in the Premier League. So they definitely worked on not getting him into front positions, but he said, okay, cool. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm going to get into my, you know what I'm saying? Bag of um tricks and I've got lots of weapons in my arsenal. So fine. You're not going to let me into the box. I'll create chance for others. And you saw that. Um, he created um, a cha- great chance for, for Jota and Jota probably should have bagged. And that's, that's a yeah. fantastic ball. And then the, the goal for Marnie as well, fantastic. Oh,
3: great. Oh, that was, oh, that was lovely. You know what I'm saying?
1: So, and he even mm. gets away from Cancelo a couple of times as well. I think Cancelo can struggles. It's actually not, he do not struggle. It's a good battle between the two, but he gets away from Cancelo a couple of times. So, yeah, I think it's a it's, it's a good performance for Salah to kind of build on. And now we kind of look to him probably to get some more goals and kind of kick on the season. But, yeah, I think a performance from that, it's just, it's a good performance for him to build on. And, yeah, it was, it was, it was, a, it was a really, I, I like, I enjoyed his performance. That's what I would say.
3: Yeah. Yeah, it's the first time I've enjoyed watching him play. I think, I, 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 no, I can't remember who we played, but there is one game actually that he played played all right in since I've gone. But yeah, that's the first game where I've sort of been like, he's not just the he's not just a goal scorer. Like he he is he is more than that. Like he is the be, the best player on the, the planet. Leeds, not...
1: The Leeds game was probably the game that.
3: Yeah, I think it was actually yeah. yeah, and in yeah. You you just remember that he's such a, a clever little player he's not just a, a poacher like he's yeah he's yeah. his, his touch the way he can just create angles and he's not a bad passer in fact sometimes he's a great passer yeah yeah that's a great
1: final third passer i think people yeah. underestimate how good he is especially in that fact that that last pass you want him literally on the end making either taking a shot or get, get an assist and people yeah. underestimate his playmaker ability. sorry yak but yeah He's a great passer. Not
3: not 100%. That's just exactly what I was getting at. Yeah, he's he's yeah, he's he's so much more than just a poacher. And hopefully, he can he can stay in his playmaking bag and put his, his shooting boots on at the same time. And Sadio Mame. hey,
1: that was a throwback performance. That 18 19 Sadio that we saw that got player of the year, that was that Sadio. They call yeah. it Sadio washed, man. If that's washed, I need more of that, man. I need more of that because <laughs> that was a bloody. Performance. He was hooping. He was getting it yeah. from deep, going past the man, bringing people into play, the finish as well. First time finish. Beautiful. Mane, I think him and Thiago are probably the best players on the pitch for me, but Mane especially, He what a performance.
3: Yeah, it's it's so it's so nice to know that the the whole rebuild isn't going to be sped up by a sort of Salah Romane's demise, and even Bobby proving in the last few weeks that he's still got he's still got game in him. And it, yeah, it's really nice to see that that front three, when it comes down to it, towards the the last end of the season, there are there are biggest players out, out obviously outside of the sort of Van Dijk and Alisson, but they're they if if Trent can be as Trent as he likes, but it, it's the Mane's and the Sellers that being clinical, even throw Jota in there, it's them being clinical, Bobby doing his link-up play, it's that that gets us over the line. Um, And it's so nice to know that they're, they're all sort of fit and firing even if the goals aren't going in, they're not going in, but their performances just keep getting better. And that's just, it's just such a, a Klopp-Liverpool anomaly. You just don't get that with other players at other teams. And it's, yeah, it's really good to see.
0: Yeah, it's definitely good to see. And again, I kind of feel like the theme of robustness goes back into it. You can see how, you know, both, both Mane and Salah can adjust their game and use their different attributes to kind of really excel. And it was definitely showcasing uh, this evening too. Just looking at some of the scores, I can see the Bayern have have scored. <laughs> There's um, obviously Lewandowski adds another dove one to his Champions League goal total. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know it's a. I don't. Know, it's two 0 Chelsea. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Oh yeah. Real Madrid's
0: it. watch might be fake, you know.
1: It, it, yeah. um, They're bottling it, man. But yeah,
0: um, that looks not looking great there. So yeah, some good games going on at the moment. Um you do hurry up and finish the pod so we can kind of catch the tail end of these games Um, but yeah I mean nothing's really changed at the moment, still one point between both sides, just really quickly how do you guys kind of really see the rest of the season kind of progressing and do you think um, what do you think is going to happen?
1: boy I don't have a clue man I can't tell you I have a crystal ball and I can tell you what's gonna happen All I can do is is is, is hope and pray Word to Mavado, man <laughs> hope and pray because um yeah let's let's, let's hope that we that um City can drop points I'm confident in us winning our remaining games but I can also see City winning their remaining games too so man hope and pray Word to Mavado, man that these men drop some points
3: yeah, yeah. Oh, I, re- <laughs> I really, really, really want to think the quadruple is still on, especially the title. That's that's maybe the most important one out of the four. Um, possibly debatable, but um, yeah. It's uh, it just feels so unrealistic. It feels <laughs> like I'm just wishing it into existence by saying, "Yeah, City will drop points. We won't. come, Yeah." But you never ever ever know, and. Philippe Coutinho's—he's got something oh, left please. in him.
1: They're fucking he's shit. He's got something They're left like in I'm him. So shit. I don't even want to hear yeah. that yak. I'm sorry, I are not good.
3: I'm telling you, yeah, they might lose four-one, but Coutinho will bag a screamer. <laughs> that
1: does nothing for us, though.
3: <laughs> yeah, I know, but for five minutes.
1: Chris, <laughs> talk to your bloody Wolves man, then please for us, please.
3: Yeah, I mean, Wolves I mean, is probably call- the biggest one in
0: it. Don't, don't worry, man. I'm, I'm going to be calling a meeting. We're gonna have a serious sit down, and we're gonna say, "Look, you're not only playing for you know the pride of Wolverhampton; you're playing for the pride of the Premier League." Okay, <laughs> me and <laughs> Bruno are going to sit down. And we're gonna hash this out. You know, I'm gonna be like the I'm like the J Prince of um of, of Wolves. Uh, you know what I mean? <laughs>
1: bring everyone <him> <laughs> Make, make, make Raul
3: video before the game, is Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I need see that Jimenez dagger. That's what I need. You see that like yeah. 85th minute Jimenez header? Oh man! Nah, nah, nah. I don't
0: know. I'm. I'm, I'm filthier than that. I need a quick Max Kilman bullet header. Like, no first <laughs> minute.
1: <laughs> that's <laughs> a Max Killman. He's probably got, like, one career goal or something like that. That's but,
3: but I, I, I want a, a corner headed out. Martino, bubbly shot, deflects in. <laughs> that's that's it, that, it for man. me.
1: Oh, my God. Madrid. Oh, my God. I've actually bottled it. 3-0 bottled it? Um, no. Yeah. Alonso just scored. Oh yeah. Anyway, let's 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 go on. That could oh, work out playing Chelsea. Up. You
0: know what I mean? I think I feel like we need City playing a lot more engaging games. I think those yeah. if if they do play Chelsea, that'll be you know quite a, you know a, a mind draining. Damn it. Yeah, yeah. too late. Fighting terrorism across the across the quarterfinals and the semi-finals. You know, playing uh, D- Diego Simeone ball and Tuchel Taliban ball. I mean, good <laughs> goodness me, I wouldn't want to be in that position at all you whatsoever. Know. But um. But of course, we do have our game tonight against Benfica. Um, no real major team news. Everyone seems fit, so obviously, I just want to see what you guys, who you guys will play um, heading into this game. Obviously, we do have that two-goal advantage, but I think Benfica will probably come out a little bit kind of pot. They we saw what damage they could do kind of last week in in certain key areas. Whether it was that was the power of the. Um, I, don't, I can't remember what they, the, the, the stadium's called, but, you know, it's got a really good raucous atmosphere. It's one of the places that I'd, I'd really love to go kind of in, in, in yeah. the future. It looks like a really good timeout. A- a- Anik went last weekend. He looked like he had a really good time. I think more, that more had the contribution of that he was sitting in the away and was able to shout at Salah. So I think that kind of had more of a contribution towards it than anything. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, man, I mean, we saw what Darwin Nunes can do, but well, how do you guys see tomorrow going? And and what players do you see kind of coming into the squad?
3: I think it's it's going to be a strong team because Jurgen Klopp's our manager, and that's what he does. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm wary of what Benfica will do. Uh, can do? I heard Rafa Silva's injured, which is big bonus for us um, because he's a good little player. He is, um, but yeah, it's. Um, it's not going to be easy, easy. But I think if we make this, the standard changes that we normally would do, so probably like Konate in, maybe Gomez at right back or Simakas left back. Um, I, I kind of want to see Thiago Nabi against City in the FA Cup just to see, just to see. So I'm, I can't really decide who I'd probably play in the eights. It'd be nice to see Jones though because I think... These are the sorts of games that Jones can really take a hold of. And it'd be nice to give him the confidence boost before the end of the season. But I think it would be, I don't think we're going to play that hard, to be honest. I think we're just going to play the game out, just take it easy like it's a friendly game and just sort of take the sting out of the game and, and hit them if they come too far forward.
1: Madrid, Madrid, goal got this allowed, by the way, so it, it, it we're was, it was still alive. But um, I mean Chelsea, go, <laughs> Chels, Chelsea, go, got this allowed. Sorry, so we're still allowed. But um, yeah, I, th- I think it should be a mix of, um, I think a lot when we was at the cop end, um, but everyone was saying that we should rotate the team fully, but we can't do that. It's a yeah. Champions League <laughs> round of sixteen. Man. Yeah. That's, that's craziness. Julian said. Oh, Ben team hit the post. Um, Julian said we should play Moulton, Conor Bradley, and I think that's so rich. Come from Julian because he, he can't stand the bloody academy, so yeah, he, he's he's a, he's a he's funny, but um, yeah, I think there should be a mix. So the likes of Jones should come in, Diaz Firmino should come in, um, Penate should, should be in a team, um, so yeah, maybe Shimcast, but that's probably about it. And then maybe put Henderson in the six, Jones, K.R. Yeah, you know I'm saying a, a team good like that should be able to beat, um do yeah. at home, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, something like that.
0: I want to see, I'm interested to see what you want to do for your front free because I feel like this is a game where you probably do rest, Salah. You probably do need to play him against Man City in the FA Cup game. I'll, I'll play, play Mane
1: right, right wing, yeah.
0: Mane right wing, I
1: think. Mane came off, didn't he, against City? Nice,
0: no, it's, it's an interesting one for sure because from, from that, for me, I probably go. Diaz for know, Mane. Yeah,
1: which,
0: I agree. Which which would be which would be good, man. And I I really I'm really interested to see, obviously Mane on the right hand side with Trent as well, because I feel like that could have yeah. like a sneaky good relationship um, on that side of the ball. But yeah, man, it's, it's going to be an interesting one for sure. to See how it goes. Um, I fully bet Liverpool obviously to kind of finish the job out. You know, Liverpool as you know as attested to by Sean Phillips last week. That unfilled atmosphere, man, it's no joke. You heard it from you know. One of what, what, someone who's experienced their first time beating, you know, those those heritage ties that people are, you know, holding on, clutching to their you know, clutching their pearls over so closely that you know it's the only chance of relevancy. You know, he played in those wars, man. So, you know, you heard it here for you heard it here first that those are I'm, I'm, for the atmosphere is indeed alive and well. But but yeah, I man, I think it's gonna be a good game. Real litmus test to kind of how we see out the the tie too, hoping that we can yeah. kind of grab like an early goal make it a bit of a dead rubber affair from the go really because i mean lord knows that the game over the over the weekend was an exhausting one both physically and mentally for the players uh, even though you know kind of last 10 15 looked like we were the more likely to score and kind of go for it so so yeah man it's, it's gonna be interesting to see how it goes i don't think there'll be any big surprises um in terms of like you know seeing like an ox turn up or whatnot but but yeah it's gonna be gonna be interesting to see how it goes One other thing I do want to touch on before we kind of sign off is that Liverpool have reportedly agreed a fee with Tottenham for Fabio Carvalho. Good little youngster, man. You know what I mean? I'm really kind of interested to see kind of how we're going about our recruitment from that age range, and that's kind of 15 to 18 range. You know, we've signed the the lad from uh, Celtic as well. Ben Doak is apparently supposed to be pretty good. I believe there's a Canadian guy as well with... um, signed too yeah that looks a, i think there's an well.
3: irish kid as well
0: yeah the, the irish kid is supposed to be pretty good so so yeah obviously liverpool kind of looking inside of all these like unheard of wonder kids as they were they're doing the old football manager regen kind of seeing how these kids are going bringing them into the squad but i mean the the, the one we've got the most kind of footage of when we've seen him live is fabio carvalho i mean seeing him in this free-flowing fulham team um he just looks, he, look, he looks absolutely fantastic. Praise he for he's an attacking midfielder, carries the ball. And, you know, in terms of his championship, championship ways and what I saw from Grealish in the championship, they look quite similar, you know, in, in the way that they operate and how they bring the ball forward. But, um, but yeah, how are you guys feeling about that, um, about that transfer? Uh, kind of going
3: honestly, the so, yeah, I'm so excited to see him play. Like, you, you know, you know, it's a good signing when I'm not, eager to see whether he's good enough fully really confident in that i just can't wait to see where he plays like i'm just i'm excited to see where we see his future in the team whether it's sort of on the left in the nine or an eight i think yeah just another signing that offers us flexibility which is yeah i'm yeah i can't, can't wait to see him line up in preseason
1: yeah yeah i'm, I'm the same as yeah yeah got it spot on i'm just excited to see um where they obviously because they've signed him, they obviously see um him playing in our team in a position that we probably haven't like we, we obviously don't know yet. So where they obviously they 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 fit him in. I'm excited to see it. He looks when I, so I, I haven't watched him much. I watched him in a game when Fulham played Man City and he actually scored in that game. Harry Wilson actually created a goal for that game Was goal. Well. Yeah,
3: my boy, um, my boy.
1: Yeah, so um he just, he looks silky, like close control, can go past the player, good finisher, um, can create a goal has an eye for a goal as well. So he could play, he could play full snide, he could play on left wing, he could play as an eight. So yeah, I'm interested to see what he can do, man. Bring him, bring him in the team. Let's bring him, bring him to death row, man. Let's see. And low risk fee as well. That low risk fee, I really like that. If if the fee was like a lot, I probably wouldn't be down for it. But because the fee is so low and that means the risk is low, I'm I'm completely down for it. So yeah, the the fee is, is great.
0: There's something different, that, something that hits different about, you know, um, a young player that's got really good dribbling skills and you know, can carry the ball from deep too and create a lot of goal-scoring, you know, kind of opportunities and kind of get into those good goal-scoring areas. So, yeah, man. he's he's got a good name. He's quite
3: well. He's got a good name. Any A youngster called Fabio Carvalho. I love that. I don't care if he's <laughs> any good name, Yeah, 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 it's, yeah. It's just Luis Diaz, Fabio Carvalho. Yeah. Like, come on, man. I'm so excited.
0: <laughs> Uh, it's true, man. If you, you know, if you're gonna make an attacking from free, you're gonna you're going to make it a little bit more, a little bit saucy, you know. Yeah, Hopefully, think, you know, maybe man like Jared Bowen is changing, his you know, to to Bozenio, you know what I mean? Jared Bosini, <laughs> yeah,
1: something, like, like, you know? some, something spicy man. Some some You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <Something> <laughs> oh, yeah, but <laughs> <you know>? yeah.
0: <laughs> but yeah, it's definitely gonna be interesting to see how he kind of integrates the team. I think I don't think you actually have to change that much about how he plays. Um but yeah uh, like Jack said man I'm really looking to see how this guy kind of comes in in preseason and uh kind of makes a st- makes it makes a good say st- for himself kind of day one really so yeah it's gonna be gonna be very really interesting but uh, that so we've got time for man um last word no, no, no last word for this week because if we do the last word that means that you know the ride's over and the ride's not gonna be over from now on. you know what I mean we're gonna keep going. The, the, the last word will come, last part of the season, where you know we'll either be celebrating glory or we'll be drowning in our misery. You know what I mean? Nice. But I the boys to, do, to to keep up. The, I said it at the other weekend. I'm a, I'm a little bit disappointed that this out of our hands, but now I've had a bit more time to think about it. Liverpool, as the person to push, push the agenda, as opposed to set the agenda, I think are always in a better position. And I truly yeah. do back these boys to go the full distance and keep their end of the bargain. And we are owed a little bit of luck from the football guards, man. Like we like we saw at the weekend, Kevin De Bruyne, nice deflected goal comes off of the post as well. I mean, come on, man, how much luck do you need? So you know, Liverpool do a little bit of luck, a little bit of favour from the football guards in re- in the upcoming weeks, and you know, hopefully they do deliver on their end as well. But, but yeah, man, I'm, I'm I'm fully confident in the boys, and you know, no matter what happens, yeah. I'm really I'm really proud of how they kind of reacted in that game too, to kind of bring it down, you know, kind of keep it on an even springboard so yeah man let's just see how the season unfolds and you know there's always going to be that top quality content and top quality reactions here from us at Cop and Fracass. and if you do want to hear more from the boys leading up to the preview of the man city game and more much more of the bespoke content going forward do head over to the patreon page at www.patreon.com forward slash copy and fracas and sign up from just three pounds per month the link is in the bio to this podcast but yeah man um that's been an episode it's been an episode of something, that's for sure. Uh, <laughs> thank you very much to Peter and Yak for joining me this week. Uh, gents, fans, pleasure as always to break everything down LFC-wise. Yeah. And yeah, uh, we're going to go off now, watch the uh, rest of these Champions League games, see what's going to be cooking and what's going to be shaking for the semi-finals. see who Liverpool's potential opponents could be. But Come until next Zuma. week, stay safe and we'll see you soon.
1: Peace. The-